0: it's me marcia Garrier, founder of her sweet spot and today's lunch and learn learning lab facilitator i'm really excited to talk to you all about how to grow and scale your business i know some of you are managing and juggling small businesses as solopreneurs and you're thinking how do i what what do i need to do to begin to think and and Build and grow my business. Again, I'm Marsha Gary. I'm the founder of Her Sweet Spot. I've been an entrepreneur for now over 20 years. Well, actually, 10 years in this business, 20 years in various other businesses. And I'm excited to talk to you today about truly how to scale and grow your business. So, we are going to go through a couple of things today. And if you are watching within Her Sweet Spot, you can click on Watch via YouTube if you want to make comments and ask your questions. uh, You can do that through watching it via YouTube. Click on the video box and it will take you to YouTube where you can send your comments and your questions as we go through today's presentation. Let's get started. So, what are we going to talk about today? We're going to give you a little brief overview of the state of women owned businesses. Right through that American Express and some stats that are out there about women owned businesses, we're going to understand scalability and really what that means to growing your business. We'll learn six keys to building a scalable business, and you'll understand how your mindset hinders your ability to grow and scale your business. What I want you to know, and I want you to really understand the difference between scaling and growing a business, sometimes other than um, building structure and operations around your business, it's truly your mindset. And we're going to get a little bit into that on today. So let's talk about you know some stats. Let's big ourselves up. Let's talk about what women are doing in the world of small business and entrepreneurship. Women of color account for 89% of new businesses in um, 2019. And I think this number has really been staying even for the last three or four years. We are the number one fastest group of women starting small businesses. Um, 62% of women business owners are between the age of 40 and 59 years old. I found that statistic very fascinating and very telling of the women that are looking, as I like to say, fill their wage and promotion gap through entrepreneurship. Women employ 9.4 million workers and generate revenue of $1 trillion, right? We have the buying power. Why don't we have access to more? Good question, right? Here's some more interesting stats that I thought you guys would find super interesting today and really motivate you to keep, keep striving for growth and and producing and bringing forth your ideas as entrepreneurs. 88% of all women-owned businesses generate less than 100000 a year. That, for me, is something that is unacceptable, right? We're operating our business. Some of us are doing it as a side passion, as a side business, but we need to start building it so that we don't look at our revenue as side revenue. We need to start looking at it as potential to replace our full-time employment or just truly to add a a wealth within your family life, within your financial life, so that you can start to truly see advancement in your wealth building for you, your community and your family. 260 African-American women open new businesses every single day. And that's current data. Women of color make up 39% of the U.S. female population in all. Now we know that um, African Americans are only 13% of the entire population, but we are 39% of all females. Minority women are more likely to have a side hustle, according to this um, American Express Women in Business report. And um, women with side hustles have increased to 39% compared to 21% average rate of all entrepreneurs growing side hustles. So the gig economy, the freelance economy, the side business economy is here to stay. It's important that corporations take heed to this. And I I really, in my conversations that I'm having, I really do see that corporations are truly invested in um, taking a deeper dive into understanding clearly why women of color are turning to side hustles, right? Many women of color report that they're turning to side hustles really just to fulfill passion because they're not feeling happy at work, yet uh, many women are saying that they do use it, most women, to fill their wage gap. You know, we are not, you know, the, the, the gender pay gap is real. We are not um, truly paid equal when it comes to men, white men, um, men in general, and white women. of female owners stating that their business is their main source of income. So what that tells you is that the people that begin and start these side hustles are then growing it to uh, an increasing their wage gap and allowing their businesses to become their main source of income. So as you can see, 62% of women are doing this. It is possible for you to take your passion projects, your side hustles, and replace it to be your main source of income. And this is the best... My favorite stat to share with everyone, in the first half of 2019, and obviously this is pre-pandemic, 10 companies with women owners became unicorns. And exactly what is a unicorn? A unicorn is a startup that made more than $1 billion. It is possible. now, Now, everybody's not out here trying to become a unicorn. And I recently posted that on my Twitter and it resonated with so many people. You know, women are out here just trying to build businesses where we increase our revenue, right? Fill our wage gap. And by that, we don't always want to become big brands that are out here. We just need strategy. We just need support in filling our wage gap and generating income over six figures. So now now let's get to talking about why we're here. Scaling and growing our business. What exactly is scalability? So, scalability is about building capacity, having capabilities to do more within your organization and within your business. I like to call, um, I like to say that within your organization, because I want you to imagine and see your small business, see your solopreneur. business as an organization. It's important that we put ourselves in that framework and in that mindset of not only founders, but startup founders. You know, one of the things that I I, I talk about often inside Her Sweet Spot is how many of us are just running our small businesses, and there's an inherent difference between a small business operator and an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurs can't stop, won't stop, and they are trying to continue to build upon ideas that they feel like they want to innovate and make massive change within our world, right, and within our society. And small business operators, we're just trying to make ends meet. We're just trying to make sure that things operate to meet the weekly financial needs of the business the monthly needs, but I want you guys to start imagining yourselves as true entrepreneurs. Another thing we talk about is the, the terminology of a founder. How many of you guys see yourselves as founder? If you um, can click on the link so that you can access the, the, the chat box within YouTube, let me know if you identify yourself as a small business owner, entrepreneur, and or a founder right? Does your business have the capacity to grow? Are you able to maintain and improve your profitability? How are you creating systems, right? Will your business system and the infrastructure and the team around you, have you started putting together your ideal team? Are they able to accommodate your growth and the growth and the potential to onboard more clients, especially If you are a person who is working your full-time job and so you struggle between having capacity, how can you do that, right? Team building, bringing more people in. Pink T. Rose says she is a small business owner. Uh, My T. Powerful Connections by Michelle Y. Talbot. You are a founder. I love it. That's right. We are founders, we are startup founders, we are entrepreneurs, we are it all. And it's important that we identify with these terms that are getting the most attention in the world of entrepreneurship. So let's talk about um, diving a little deeper into the meaning of scalability. So scaling a business, meaning setting the stage to enable and support growth within your company. It means having the ability to grow without being held back if you the solopreneur went on vacation how will the business continue to operate what are you doing to continue to ensure that there's that cha-ching happening in your bank account do you have passive passive income within your organization are your clients needs still being met while you yourself may not be working in the business. Are you working the business in the business? Liana, I don't say a founder. That's something that is really, hasn't been talked about enough, I think, in the world of entrepreneurship and women empowerment. And we're, we're we're the fastest growing group of people starting businesses and side hustles, but no one's teaching us how to put ourselves in a position to act, think and grow businesses like a white man. And that's what we're here to do inside her sweet spot. We want you to think like bill. That's a, that's a, um, a joke that we say inside of sweet spot Think, start thinking like bill, right? And um, to scale and to grow your business requires planning Obviously, funding and the right system, staff, process, and technology, um, as well as partners. I can't say enough about the partnership aspects of starting and growing your business, especially when you don't necessarily have the proper funding to continue to hire people. Partnerships are key to establishing growth and building capacity to Earn additional revenue inside your business. So, how do you begin to do it, right? And, and, and it's something that another thing I, I see most entrepreneurs do is think that uh, everything is hard, you know, everything is going to take a long time. And sometimes it does. There is an, a phase of um, head down evaluation and planning mode. And if you're, um, Liana is, um, a sweet masters, a sweet mavericks inside her sweet spot. And she knows that we spend time with our heads down planning our business in order to see the growth, in order to build the capacity for ourselves. I, I can't stress this phase enough. Take a hard look inside your business to see if you're already for growth. You don't necessarily, you You might be sitting here now and you think you're ready for growth and you're just looking for me to say something that is super like, oh my God, I've never heard of this before. But the truth is this phase of getting to growth is so key when you have been operating as a solopreneur, as a single member LLC, and really just doing everything on your own right? You got to visualize those orders doubling. You have to visualize your client list tripling. You have to actually do the work to put it in place so that you can see those numbers start to build up and to help you get motivated and excited about increasing your sales. Does your organization have the people and the systems to handle these new orders, the new clients, consulting clients that are coming in, the new design clients. If you're a coach and a consultant, and you are um, working your job and you have limited hours to take on your existing clients, and you run a you run a household, you have you're a caretaker to whether it is your children, your spouse. Your uh, um, parents. I have. Well, I don't have the spouse yet, but I have the children, the child, and I have my parents that I do care for. And uh, and I'm a part of so many other other things, right? You 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 have friendships and relationships that you need to manage. So where can you build capacity? And sometimes it's not always the capacity building is not. You should not just consider yourself. You need to consider and evaluate the timing, the timing it takes to either fulfill orders and or fill your calendar with meetings, and how can you double that? Who are the people you need to put into place? What are the systems that you need to put into place technology-wise that's going to help you organize and actually begin to receive more? I know y'all hear all the time that When you declutter your space, when you declutter your office, your house, your room, all of a sudden things get, um, you get a lot more clarity around yourself. And I can't stress that enough for your business planning. When you sit still, heads down, take a moment to evaluate and plan properly your business. And I don't mean the big business plan that everybody talks about that requires 50, 80, 100 pages and hours and hours and hours. I mean, just truly spending a couple of weeks, a, a few hours, 10 hours, perhaps at max. This month, we've been solely business planning inside her sweet spot um, for our Mavericks team. We sit down, we identify the key areas that will help us to get to increase revenue. And they, they boil down to, understanding your mission and your values and re-evaluating them every year. They boil down to understanding what are the revenue um, goals you have and you want to set for the year. And then keeping in mind your revenue goals, what are the different product offerings that you have inside your business? How can you split that up in order to realistically determine how these products will allow you to reach your revenue goals. It's working backwards. A lot of times people think, oh, I have these, these products and services to offer at these price points. Okay, now I'm gonna go sell and then I wanna make X amount of dollars. No, you gotta look at the revenue goals that you plan to have within your organization and then work that into what offerings you have. You may find that at some point, you have too many offerings. You need to scale back some of those offerings so that you can effectively automate and effectively market the one thing that your clients are asking you for the most. All right, let's see. Uh, um, the next area, after you finish evaluating and planning the business, the source of funding. For you service-based business providers, it is so important that you stop listening to people that that say it doesn't require money to start a service-based business. You got a computer, you got the internet, and you got a webcam, and you're ready to go. That's not true. When you get to the scaling Phase. When you get to the growth phase, you have your establishment phase where you're testing the market, you're understanding more about your clients, you're getting a greater um, view of your capacity and your capabilities and how you need to start expanding on that. Now you need to ensure that where your funding is going to come from in order to help you build, in order to help you grow, in order to help you scale to that next zero, that next level within your business, right? And within that funding planning, decide whether it is you are going to just work harder, spend more, get more clients and use that money and bootstrap into your business, or you're seeking outside funding. What does it look like? Does it look like uh, um, getting a loan? Are you pitching yourself to get Equity-free funding for your business. There are a myriad of options for you to seek um, equity-free funding. They call it non-diluting equity funding. They're pitch competitions. their grants like the horizon Rise Micro grant. We provide a monthly $500 grant to women of color starting or um, expanding their businesses that are in need of little, uh, um, hope. I call it planting seeds of hope to help you understand that there's money out there to be had. There's a little work you have to do to get it, right? Scaling a business doesn't come for free. Your growth plan will require a few things. Here's what you need, guys. You need to hire the right staff. And know which staff members you need, right? We are in in a place where we know and we think that we need um, social media people, Yes, that's true. That's great. We need um, people that do marketing. We need someone who does um, sales. But depending on where your business is right now, it's not always um, that cut and dry which person you need to help you scale and grow. It might be a, a, a service provider, someone who actually can fulfill the services that you do that you bring along inside your business. Deploying new technology. How many of you are scared of new technology or how many of you I I would actually say I've worked with a lot of clients who before their businesses even started to grow, they went and spent a boatload of money on systems and automation and yet sat on all of these softwares that uh, actually they weren't using. They didn't have the capacity to learn how to effectively implement a proper CRM, a proper um, contact management, how to use email marketing within these um, um, systems, right? This is so um, a waste of time. I like to tell my entrepreneurs, let's get to know how to operate your business. For me, I'm a hands-on deck type of person. And so when before I hire someone, I need to know the ins and outs of their, of their work sometimes. Some, some stuff, I'm, I'm not like, uh, I'll save that for the birds, like coding. I don't code. I build websites. I use different website builders, but I'm not a coder. But what I feel is important is you use the right systems at the right times. At basic, you need a basic CRM. Start with the free versions, right? Build your list. So you can get to the next phase uh, of implementing s- additional automation, right? The new technologies. What are some of your um, calendar uh, um, links that you use to schedule appointments? If you are a product-based business, which of the uh, proper website builders are you are you effectively using? And are you using all the resources? that will help you streamline your process within. You have many of these stores like the um, the Etsy's and the Shopifys that you could um, get into that will help you streamline a lot of the processes. Are you product, product-based owners? Are you um, using Amazon Fulfillment? Are you, you drop shipping? What are the new technologies that you can think of that will help you grow and scale your business? Don't be afraid of the fees that may come with some of these things. In the beginning, it might hurt. It will hurt. That's why we need funding. That's why even service-based businesses need to seek funding. But know where the funding is coming from, right? Are you trying to add equipment? Are you trying to get into a brick and mortar? What are the things you need funding for? it as part of the uh, um plan that we just talked about you have to create you do have to kind of take stock into what your business needs what does it look like if i were the next amazon what would it look like if i were the next you know big um shea moisture if you have a product line how how will i be able to grow from my grandma's garage into a 50,000 square foot warehouse. Right? What are some of the technologies and equipment you can use today? Document that in your plan. And you know, y'all know about the laws of attraction. Y'all seen and heard all about the secret. And you know if you especially if you're a sweet mate, you know I'm all about the vision boarding and the and the journaling and planning, seeing things laid out for you helps you achieve what you need in order for you to scale and grow. And let me just say another thing about scaling and growing. Scaling and growing is not about uh, um, million-dollar brands. People believe that because we work in corporate America and and we work for companies that have the budget and have the systems in place, we need to feel, and then we know they're million-dollar, triple-million-dollar companies, We we feel like these things within small business operations and entrepreneurship only comes at that stage. That is wrong. Growth comes at every stage. From the moment you start within your first year to three years, you are building. After that, you're in the growth phase, even if it's going from a, 20,000 a year operation in that uh, uh, building phase. And now you're trying to get to the 50,000 phase, 100,000 a year phase. Those are all growth stages. Don't let people out here make you believe that the growth stage only applies to people trying to hit a million. Let's get to 100,000. Let's get to the single six figure digit. Let's get to the third. Let's get to the fifth. But see yourself in the growth phase almost at every, every stage of your business. Growth phase is not just for people approaching seven figures. It's for everybody at every stage. But you've got to build the plan, and the plan has to include where the money resides like your boy said, you know, if you follow social media and creating reporting systems to measure and manage results. Now you don't need a huge expensive application for this. Your basic Excel or Google sheets will do. You need to document at every phase, how much revenue, if you don't have, um, QuickBooks or you're not working with a, a, a bookkeeper or, or um, a CPA to help you manage your finances, especially for tax season, it's a, a good thing for you to use Excel or Google Sheets. Google Sheets, everybody, if you got a Gmail, then you get in Google Sheets for free. They'll let you use Google Sheets with your Gmail account, even the free version. You don't need G Suite to have access to um, Google Sheets and Google Docs and Google Presentation—they are phenomenal tools that I use inside her sweet spot. Uh, Michelle says, "Thank you for that, uh, for that commitment to our community. Th- this information and the finances are so clutch. Oh, thank you so much! It, I, I'm, I'm more than, you know, thrilled and happy to support women that look like me. I tell you, if, if you don't know about me, just take it back." I've been working in the FinTech and FinServe industry for over 25 years, although I've just looked 25, but I have been helping rich white men get richer and richer building systems for the um, financial service industry for that many years. And I got to a point where I was like, you know what? I need to help people who look like me do the things I do. So I'm bringing my my over 20 years um, experience as an analyst in the spaces where I've helped million, billion-dollar companies 10x their businesses, and I'm here to do it for you too. So how will you find the money to invest for growth? I mentioned a, a few ways at the at the beginning of this slide. It's about um, bootstrapping, so selling more services and products, and understanding how to um, pay your operation margins or your operation fund, right? With every business, you need to keep at least three or four separate buckets of money, right? There has to be an expense money for the systems, for the hiring of the staff, for the paying the technology, for the down the road emergency to fix equipment, to to pay for certain outside expenses, right? You should be paying for for internet. You should be paying for a uh, um, cell phone if you're running a business. You're talking on the phone to somebody, so those things have to go into a bucket, right? And then there is your um, your future expenses and your taxes. So when you get a client, when you when you service a client and you get and you get an invoice paid or you sell a product. You don't just look at it and say, let me take this funding and put it into um, back to my account because I personally probably spent some money. It's important that you take that money and understand where it belongs, right? There's a space for profit. There's a space that pays back operations. So that operation and your cash flow should always be abundant. It's important and that that is the one reason why most businesses fail is because they don't fund their cash flow and their operations so that you can see funds for the rent, for the staff, for the technology, at least with the six month run. Six months to one year, you have one separate account that you can see your business can continue to operate within that time. So it is so important that when you get an invoice paid, you look at that money, not as all profit, because it's not. It needs to pay all the areas within the business that require funding, which is staff, technology, equipment, and the management of the whole operations. And then there's taxes and profit. You need to seek um grants. They are uh, government grants that are out there. You can start to um, research for your industry, for your business. And right now, this is our time. It is the time of the Black woman. Is the time for women of color. We are being noticed. We are being seen and heard. There are funds out there, many new grants. I think um, Goldman Sachs recently put together and donated or, or um, financed several different businesses that do exactly what we do here that will support um, grants. The Fearless Fund is one. Um, Tori Birch, I think Tory Birch and the Fearless Fund and crew um, got together and they're giving out grants. Boss Network gives out grants. Her Sweet Spot gives out grants. And th- those are so important. Pitch competitions are even another great source, looking for partnerships with other brands. If you feel that your business is um, in a place where corporations will sponsor your content and your event and and the things that you're doing online to reach new audiences, then start seeking, put a list together of potential partners and corporations that you feel you would like to partner with. I have been so fortunate enough to partner with brands such as AT&T, National Grid here in um, part of the New York region. I've been fortunate enough to, to partner with um, so many others. Uh, um, Lane Bryant, ABC television has provided opportunity for us to grow. And then there are just a number of investors. If you start to look in the investment world, there are angel investors and their are VC um, venture capitalists that may not select you for those big rounds of numbers, but they can connect you with silent investors and grant makers all the time. One of the um, newest, fastest ways to uh, get access to funding right now is through crowdfunding. Um, places like iFund Women um, are really gaining a lot of notoriety, and they have so much opportunity inside iFund um, I Women for grants, in addition to uh, building a- and you personally crowdfunding, peer crowdfunding for your business. The next phase in the growth phase and understanding how to get to your your next level in your business is creating a sales strategy. Scaling scaling your business assumes you will sell more. That is the purpose. Do you have the sales structure in place to generate more sales? Look at your sales process that you currently have now from end to end to ensure that you can actually um, sustain having more sales right? Do you have some of these things in place? And and it's the systems and technologies that we talked about. Um, Do you have automated lead flow to to have conversation and generate some of those um, increased numbers in sales and in leads? If you're a consulting business, do you offer something to your community as a lead generator so that you can get them into your ecosystem outside of social media? outside of Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever Twitter wherever you feel that you you connect more with your potential customers, you need to own them inside your own lead generation system. Right? That would be the Mailchimp, the HubSpot's, the um MailerLite subscribe page, ConvertKit's, right? what marketing systems do you have that could track and manage those leads HubSpot is really making a, a um, has created a very robust um, lead generation marketing tracking system that allows you to what we call segment your your customers based on um, their buying behavior or behavior that they display to you within your lead generations. Um, do you have enough sales reps or ambassadors to follow up and close leads for you? Ambassadors is something that not many people think of. You think of the referral system, but you don't think of ambassadors, right? And, and um, reimagining and re-envisioning the terminology of, of the people that are singing and, and talking your praise, uh, talking about your products, talking about your services. Um, putting together a team of ambassadors that will help you have those sales conversations that will help you even close warm lead or cold leads and make them into um, hot leads for you. Think about what type of affiliate program you can create that will um, financially reward someone for bringing in more uh, customers into your business. These are part of the things that you need to think about when creating your sales strategy. Will you be paying for advertisement? Will, will you actually hire a individual or a sales representative to do that for you? I think um, I think you, there are so many models that we've seen in, in sales representation Um, from um, the multi-level marketing that came from a sales strategy that the owners of that multi-level marketing company developed as a way for them to earn more income. It's nothing but an affiliate uh, um, um, process, right? Having people believe that they're buying into your company and buying into your system. It's nothing but a sales strategy to gain more sales at the highest level you can start to build that type of um, ambassadorship and affiliate programming for your business. Liana says, I want this. We need to talk about this. I've already started creating this. Absolutely. You're so so on the right track, Liana. I'm so proud of all of the things you've been able to accomplish in all the time we've been together. Um, So the last thing is a robust system to manage sales orders many people may have your stock in your house and you're selling maybe on your own in, in your um in your uh, website without a proper inventory management system and you're just selling one out here and there your products and or it, you you're you're in in a shop and might just be selling things without properly tracking and managing your order your sales so that your past sales may inform and predict your future sales. Sales forecasting is all about understanding the past behaviors, looking at the times of which people made purchases. What were You can gauge what were some of the things that helped propel sales in different either regions, markets, time of the year, seasons. Y'all know Valentine's Day is coming up. What kind of products can you sell? What kind of marketing story can you can you create that will generate more sales and buzz during this time of year? Right? Many of you probably uh, uh gave out and had many Black Friday specials and and all that. We we did it. We are still our Black Friday special or our holiday special. Ends at the end of this month, the Sweet Masters one-on-one coaching uh, is currently 4 dollars for you to join one of our um, small groups of group coaching. We meet weekly. So it is currently $4.99. If you're interested in becoming a Sweet Masters, I will let you know. The price goes up and it doubles because it's at that Black Friday special. So are you creating those types of um, sales within your strategy and taking a look at all the pieces for you to generate and create your sales and marketing throughout the different seasons that are important to your business. Investing in the technology. We talked about it a lot. I I told you how important the systems are. Technology makes almost everything easier. Yet, um, and less expensive to scale a business for your small business. So obviously the more money you make, the more you have to invest in the technology, right? When you invest in those right systems, your business can operate with less labor, less time for you to send out each welcome email. You can automate all the welcome emails. You can automate your monthly communication that you need to have with your clients follow-up communication that you can have with your clients, all of that can be done and help save you less, save you more time in the end. And time is money, honey. We all know time is money. The more time that you have that you can take away from administrative tasks that can be done with technology, the more time you have to add capacity to bring on another client, right? Look at your sales from end to end and You know, we talked about some of these things about um, with the technology and closing out um, your sales process and how these things flow into your technology. Technology building CRMs, robust CRMs will allow you to have all of these things accomplished when you have the right technology. Hiring to scale. This is my favorite subject to talk about, because as solopreneurs, we think we can't hire, but if you ever went on Fiverr, if you ever went on Upwork, you have hired, right? They're contractors, they're independent workers, they're not full-time salaried employees within your organization, but you need to start to think of those um, consultants as your team members. And if you find that you are working on, on or looking for someone consistently to do graphics, to do uh, um flyers and promotional stuff. Find and pick a person that you could build a relationship with, even as a contractor, even if it's from a, a place like Upwork or Fiverr and make that person what we, you know, we call that fractional employee, that that person, that on-demand consultant right? Do you have enough customer service staff? If you know a certain season, a certain time of year, your sales are more rampant, hire contractors for that month. Budget hiring staff within the seasons, like the holiday seasons, if you have products, right? That will help you get over the hump and get to the next phase. What about the people who are responsible for manufacturing, inventory, delivery of your product or your service, right? And don't forget management. The importance of a management bench grows as your business grows. You you won't be able to oversee everything. So you need to start putting people in place today that are your successors in CEO world, that are actually going to help you, uh, and, and you can trust So that as you begin to grow and as consultants begin to uh, um, come into the fold, they'll have someone other than you, that chief operating officer, that you can turn over the reins to say, you know what? You should start handling salespeople. You should start handling social media folks. You should start handling graphic designers. You can handle the, um, well, I like to keep the money to myself. The accounting and the bookkeeping stuff you as the, the the solo ceo i'll never forget when oprah says she never she cashes she signs every single check there's no rubber stamp in her office in her company for some person billing accounting to sit and stamp a check and next thing you know the money's gone no she has to see where every single check being written is going to I don't know if she still has that process now but i recall her saying that many many years ago and another great option is to get a partner but make sure that partner is in alignment with your values shares your mission and can actually do the things that you cannot do run a swot analysis on yourself understand your strengths and your weaknesses Find a partner that fills in that weakness gap, right? Find a partner, you know, if you are not great at networking, find a partner who shines at networking, right? If you are great at marketing, you don't need another marketing expert genius to partner with. Understand the strengths, the weaknesses, the opportunities, and the possible threats that you may have around you so you can actually... Start to look at who are the right people you should bring in to your organization and as a potential founder partner. And, you know, the mindset when we put this all together, the mindset will either push you forward or hold you back. Your mindset are attitudes which manage your actions and your interactions with the world it is a way of thinking about the world and about the impact on that world through what you believe you can do and what you believe you cannot do if you allow yourself to believe wholeheartedly in the increase and the overflow that is coming your way you and you follow these this plan and this system of. Um, heads down, evaluate and plan, journal out, write out what your expected revenue is according to what services you provide, the benefits of those services. So you can confidently be able to speak and offer these services with no hesitation. And so you can close sales more effectively. Uh, uh, The mindset and having a growth mindset is the number one thing that most successful CEOs will tell you they have. They believe wholeheartedly in their product and in their service, no matter how good or bad it is. If you're working in corporate America, you have worked in corporate America, you have worked with startups or even you know big companies, you'll always have a boss that is so hyped on the next project. And you know, you are sitting there going, you know, this is not a good idea. But Bill and accountant, he's excited about it, right? He's excited about it. And then he changes your mind and and eventually you get excited about it. And that's that same energy you need to bring into your company, right? You need to model what successful people are doing. And it starts with the growth mindset. You have to know and believe you, you don't see how you can fit in another client today, but you know where there's a will, there's a way. If you plan it out and you seek and you ask for the right, people to be put into position to help you grow. It will find you. So what kind of mindset do you have? Do you have that growth mindset or that fixed mindset? Do you believe that I can learn anything I want? And, or do you believe I'm either good at it or I'm not simple, simple at that? No, your growth mindset says you are good at it, period. And there's no, or in that, right? I want to challenge myself. I don't like to be challenged. Do you not like to be challenged or do you want to be challenged? Or you're going to persevere and um, move forward. Do you believe that when you fail, you learn? Or do you believe that when you fail, you're just no good? That right there in itself, the failing mindset, the negative beliefs that we put into our systems, and it usually comes from somebody else's negative belief. It usually comes from someone else that tells you you cannot, but you actually can, right? And dare I say that? They say it sometimes because they love you when it's your family, but, you know, it doesn't make you feel good, right? So when you look at and examine yourself within your fixed or your growth mindset, these are some of the things that you can think of, you know, does it mean... um that you feel that you are not enough to succeed or that you just barely making it? Or do you believe that you have everything within you to advance and move forward? So here are some of the things that you need to think about when planning your strategies to um, scale your business and to grow. Scalability is about capacity and capability. How much time do you have and if you don't, where can you find time? How can you add time and your capabilities? If you're not capable, who out there is capable? If you are working your job, you know you can't solve a problem, but you know exactly where to go, you'll go straight to building and counting. It's that same capability and capacity you need to put forth in your business. I know we get scared sometimes and say, you know, we don't want to share too much about our business. We're afraid of competition. We're afraid of stealing. We have the crab and the barrel mentality. But now is not the time to do that anymore because what's meant for you is it will be for you. Use your gut. Get to know people. Don't rush into new relationships and partnerships the same way you would take your time in love, take your time in business partnerships and relationships and clients. Not every client is a good client. Not every client is for you, just like you are not for everyone else. Evaluate and plan. Source your funding. Identify what funding needs you have. Create the sales strategy. And I mean, this is this, this is like, Seriously documenting this, not in that 80 page business plan type of way, but in that high level, big vision plan, right? Invest in the systems and technology, but invest wisely, work with what you can buy and pay into what is good for now at your stage, right? And what will allow you to grow. If you go into a system and you're playing a platform that is telling you, okay, like HubSpot is pretty expensive in a lot of ways, but they they are more enterprising than small business, look for something else. And know know when and who to hire. Hiring is the uh, most important part of scaling once you have all this stuff planned and strategized. Who's going to do it? Who's gonna execute? And lastly, focus your mindset for growth. I hope you guys have uh, learned a lot from today's uh, workshop. Let me know if you are Herb Suicide member. Go into our activities page, put in the in the feed. Let me know if you have any questions. If you are really truly seeking a more um, support and want to join Her Sweet Spot Masters, we are building out new cohorts. We we build um, groups and pair people off between six and eight women within a group for accountability, for coaching, mentoring, and really having a, um, a team around you that will help you get the support you need. So if you are ready to become a Sweet Masters, Head on over to um, the website and uh, let me know what you think. Michelle says, thank you. And yes, learned of you recently enjoyed. Thank you for joining. This was great. Thank you, Marcia. It is my pleasure. I am here. We are here every month, next month, um, First Fridays. We host our First Fridays Mixer and is open to everyone to come in and learn from our special guests. We are talking this month to an online sales strategist. Our mentor of the month is um, Catherine Nunes. So join us for our First Friday. You can go to the events and find the link to register through Zoom. That is done through through Zoom. And you can also, um, you know, Be back here next month uh, for more content inside the Her Sweet Spot Learning Lab. You know how I, if you know and you're following and you're new, Michelle, I love to end each broadcast with When We Empower Each Other, We All Rise. Bye bye for now.